Value stocks are about as exciting as watching grass grow. But have you ever noticed just how much your grass grows in a week? Christopher Brown. Man's time here is finite, but the influence of a man is infinite. The question is what shall we do with the daylight that remains? Alright, what's up guys? Today I want to talk to you about a simple three-step strategy that I use to find good value stocks. Okay, this is this is for the beginner. This is just for somebody that wants to, to be in the stock market. You know you should be invested. You want to invest. Where do you start or how do you find stocks without being, you know, some some crazy obsessed uh, investor? And this is this has worked very well for me. Now, before I jump into this, remember, I've been trying to beat the market since I was a, a young teenager. I've tried everything I can come up with as far as, you know, how, strategies. I've done a lot of short-term trading, long-term trading. I've gone chasing down CEOs and their track records and price earn, you know, earnings per share and price to earnings ratios and digging into like trying to figure out like what's the future of this company. And I mean, it goes on and on. You could you can look at data forever on every company and in the end still be like, hmm, not sure if it's going to beat the market, right? It's hard. It's difficult. Um, so I'm going to show you the simplified version, which funny enough, this has actually been my one of my most successful strategies for finding and, and earning money on stocks. And it's very, very easy. So pay attention. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to start with charts. We're going to look for, for good charts that show positive growth, growth over the last five years, one year and six months. Okay. So now the benchmark, we're going to use S and P 500. So if you look at an S and P 500 chart, I'll pull it up for you guys on YouTube. Um, look at the S and P 500 chart. It's got this pretty much consistent growth over time, right? There's a few dips that are clearly those recessions. You can see where COVID COVID hit and it had a massive drop, quickly recovered. If you go out farther, you know, you go to like a 20-year chart, you can see where the 2008 uh, recession was and things like that. <clears throat> now, one thing, as you look at these long-term charts, you can see that the growth is is pretty much positive over time. And those times where we saw like this massive recession and it was chaos for a while, like in 2008, at least for me, it felt like chaos. Um, those are simply little blips on this chart, right? When you really expand it out. And so that's what we're shooting for is long-term investment where we're just going to catch the growth of the market. So the S&P 500 is the benchmark that we're comparing all companies to. Now I'm actually going to throw a caveat on that in there and say, Microsoft, there's many other good ones, but I'm going to say Microsoft is the gold standard for a, a good looking chart, one that we see as attractive. So let's pull up Microsoft here. And for, for you guys on, on the podcast or whatever, I am using the app in my cell phone for most of this. Uh, I, I use TD Ameritrade and it's very simple. So I'm going to go to Microsoft charts. We're going to look at start with the five-year chart. And I'm actually going to add a comparison. I'm going to compare it to the S&P 500. As I look at the S&P 500 compared to Microsoft, Microsoft's chart is very consistently up month over month, quarter after quarter. There's very few real dips or flats in there. It just goes up, 
up, up, up. And there's a few, few little bumps, but you know that's to be expected in any company, much less you know one that uh, spreads so many different industries and can be affected by a lot of things. But it also has a lot of effect, right? So it stabilizes it as well as um, creates opportunities and vulnerabilities. So um, Microsoft, this chart is beautiful. It's amazing. Okay, so that's the gold standard that I'm going to use to compare other companies. I'm going to compare them to the S&P 500. I'm going to compare them to Microsoft. But let's start with Microsoft versus the S&P 500. If we look at this five-year chart, the S&P 500 grew something about 100 and let's say 115, 120% over the last five years. Microsoft grew 428% over the last five years. So we outperformed by, you know, 300 plus. Go to the one-year chart. They've actually performed very similarly over the last year. Uh, S&P 500, I believe, is at 40 and Microsoft at 37. And then six months, Microsoft 25.38 and the S&P 500 at somewhere around 17%. So you can kind of say like, okay, typically Microsoft is outperforming the S&P 500. That's a good chart. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of keep my eye on this. So step number two, we're going to go to overview, scroll down a bit, and we're going to look for the short interest. Now, I, I did a, an episode on this a while ago. What is a short sell? How does that work? How does that affect the market? It's kind of the opposite of betting on a stock going up. You're actually betting on a stock going down. You're selling shares you don't own today, and you have to buy them back. So you're hoping that the, tri- the price drops so you can buy them for cheaper than you sold them. Instead of buying and selling high, you're selling and then buying low. That's that's how that works. So short interest, that's the number or percentage of people betting against this stock. If we look at Microsoft, short interest, 0.64% of float as of June 15th, 2021. And so, and, to, and we're in July, what, like the 10th or 11th of July right now. So, uh, Within a month, right? Short interest is less than 1% of people are betting against Microsoft. Now, that's quite low. There's almost every stock has some people that are short on it. So, just for comparison's sake, I'm going to jump over to like Boeing, which has been a historically solid stock to own, right? And it is a short interest of 1.71%. So, also quite low. Um, Let's go look at. Coinbase, something kind of newer, a newer industry that we're looking at. That's a 3% short interest. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of others. We could we could go look at um, Schrodinger. I don't know. Just a random stock. Short interest, 9.1%. So approaching 10% short interest. So that starts to you know, raise a red flag for me. I'm like, okay, there's, there are too many people short on this. What's going on? Why are so many people betting against this company? And that's, you know, that's not ridiculous. 10%, a lot of companies have 10%, but I'm trying to find the secure ones. I'm trying to find the good growth, low, short, and then positive ratings. So that's what we'll go to next. So if they start approaching 10%, I usually avoid them. So just kind of, you know, you can look through, you know, look through lots of stocks and look at the short interest and try and sort of gauge like, okay, what is a true, a good percentage of short interest that would maybe say, I want to avoid this stock. So 
Last step, we're going back to Microsoft and we are going to go to the ratings tab built in here. Now this is really where the, what takes all the research part out of your hands. You don't have to go chasing around all these different metrics and figure out which ones matter and if the company's gonna do good or bad or solid, if it's gonna beat the market, whatever. Built into this platform, as well as basically every other stock uh, exchange platform, they have the rating systems. And these are not affiliated with TD Ameritrade. They're just rating systems they put in here. So you've got research team, you got the CFRA, you got the wall, you got the street, market edge, and Ford Equity Research Company. So there are five different research companies that are rating stocks. Not every stock has a rating by all companies because they're all kind of independently looking for companies that they think are relevant that they, you know. So Microsoft, obviously a big company that's done well. A lot of companies are, are sort of saying like, okay, where's Microsoft going to go? But across these five, I'll just break them down. Research team has accumulate, hold, or reduce, and they've marked it as hold. So let's say neutral. CFRA, they have a five-star down to a one-star, and they've marked it a five-star. So that's a positive. The street, they have buy, hold, sell. They've marked it buy. So that's positive. Market edge, long, neutral, avoid. They've marked it long. That's positive. In Ford Equity Research, they're a one out of five. They've marked it three. So they're neutral. So out of the five, we've got two neutrals and three positives, as positive as you can be. So essentially, nobody in these research teams is saying avoid this stock. So if we look at the three things, we've got a really beautiful chart that outperforms the uh, S&P 500 pretty much consistently over five years, same on last year, and, and beats it over six months. I'm going, okay, that's a nice chart. We look at the short interest, almost no one's betting against it. We look at the ratings, basically all five of these large rating companies, research companies are saying, hey, go for it, buy the stock. So when all three of those things align, that's a buy for me. And it's as simple as that. We've basically taken all the steps. So let's go back to Boeing just to kind of have a comparison. So let's compare uh, Boeing to the S&P 500. Well, over the five-year chart, they've done slightly worse. 81% growth versus, you know, that 110 or so for S&P 500. Um, they've done slightly worse on the year and they've done slightly worse on the six months. So I'm kind of going, eh, the chart's not too exciting. Probably don't want this stock, but for the sake of playing this out, short interest, 1.71%. Not too many people betting against it. Let's go to the ratings. Research team has reduce. CFRA has it a five-star, so that's a positive. And then the street says sell, the market edge says avoid, and Ford Equity says neutral, three. So out of these five, there's one positive, one neutral, and three negatives do not buy. So based on the chart and the ratings, I'm saying don't want it, right? It's that simple. And using this simple strategy, I have literally made tens of thousands of dollars in the stock market. You don't have to be a genius to, to beat the, the market if you just buy companies that everyone says is going to beat the market. Now, a lot of this is controlled by big money, right? A lot of the smart money, as they say, where they have research teams, they have people in place to, 
to try and beat the market. And when they rate it as beating the market, it reflects in the chart. So that's another piece of why the chart kind of collaborates there with it. And, and then short interest, uh, a lot of the hedge fund managers are the people that really go short on a stock because they've got some insight that are saying, the books are out of balance, the future looks bleak, I think it's overpriced, let's bet against it. So, you know, if those things, three things align, those are buys in my book and it has been a very good strategy for me. So I hope this helped you as a, you know, kind of minimalist investor or a, uh, a beginner to get you started, a way to find safe bets using, you know, research from big money and corporations that, are, that know the game. So if you got some value from the video, please, you know, give it a like, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast, the YouTube channel, and uh, we will catch you guys on the next one. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the entire episode. As a token of gratitude, I want to give you a discount on my book, Ingrained. Head over to bronsonwilkes.com store and download Ingrained for less than a dollar with the coupon code GOALS, G-O-A-L-S.